Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good morning, Lee. Hey there, Tara. All right, so Murdoch trial, now. day two. Yep. Jury selection. The big um the big struggle here is gonna be, I mean, they've got a, you know, nine hundred member jury pool. Mm-hmm. This is gonna go on forever. Um, just just doing this part is trying to find people who don't know the Murdoch family, don't know about the Murdoch family. Uh jury their peers who are uninfluenced by this, or at least to the least degree that, you know, they can find. That's going to be really tough in a town where they were that, you know, th- this family was this big. Yeah, I think they're placing more of the importance in, on whether or not that they have actually had any business dealings with them as a as a law firm. Uh, because, I mean, I, you know, it's going to be almost impossible to find anyone in South Carolina who hasn't heard of them or this case particularly. Um, so um, I, I think it has more to do, at least from what I'm hearing, it has more to do with anyone who has been represented by or you know, in opposition to that law firm as opposed to just simply knowing of their existence. But, you know, it, it, at any rate, it, it is going to be a difficult case uh, to find someone. And, and also the, whether or not you have formed an opinion. I mean, that's what you're always asked. Have you formed an opinion about this? Because obviously these days uh, cases like this get so much attention in the media. And, and this one has gotten international attention that it's going to be very difficult to find anyone who hasn't heard something about this. And the question will be, um, have you formed an opinion or could you be uh, objective in, you know, trying to decide this case. So from the Wall Street Journal and Netflix's coverage yesterday, yeah. um, and they were talking about what I was just saying, how the, the, they are actually trying to find jurors who haven't heard about mm-hmm. this. So that's where I got that from, was from yeah. the Wall Street Journal. Um, and they're here covering it, which is what's nuts. Um, they, they, the, this, this trial is going to get crazy. It's, not, it's obviously a trial of the, you know, the murder of the son and the mom, right? Right. But we're going to hear from... Family members that Alec Murdoch has stolen from. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear from the gay high school student's family. Right. Um. And and look, the UK Daily Mail revisited and that. That, that case. is the the young man that was found dead on the roadway. Yes. And, and we were told, oh, was, you know, it's a hit and run. Yeah, and, there and, were and certain and, questions that didn't add up. Yeah. In headline, UK Daily Mail, cops investigating death of gay teen, quote, killed in hit and run, unquote, mm-hmm. were convinced it was a homicide and pursued tips questioning boys' relationship with heir of powerful South Carolina family. That's Buster Murdoch. Yeah. Okay. So when you think about this, and, and it, the, they are going to be bringing in family members of the gay teen um, and it's been reported by Netflix and also by the UK yeah. Daily Mail that there was some kind of relationship between uh, Buster Murdoch yeah. and Stephen, the gay teen. Um, and so we're going to hear from those folks' family just to show what kind of family this is. This yeah. is going to be character stuff, right? I mean, this is going to get yeah. absolutely oh, it's, wild. It's going to be ugly. And um, Yeah, they're, they're going to hear testimony suggesting that Buster Murdoch, the one living son, the same is in, and, and he were lovers— and that was reported by the Wall Street Journal and um, by Netflix that, that we can expect to see that testimony. 
Then we're going to hear from the family of Mallory Beach. Yeah. Um, a mm. friend, love interest, whatever you want to call it, of the other son. I mean, so think yeah. about this. We've got two sons, right? And they've got friends who are dead. Yeah. I, I mean, you're just like, what? Wh- whoa. Um, if this was produced as like an eight-episode binge-worthy, you know, Netflix show itself, it wouldn't be believable. No family would ever get away from with this. Well, you're not even including the banker that is now going to jail for, for you know, uh, some shady uh, business dealings with uh, Murdoch to begin with. Yeah, and then the um, we're also going to hear from family members of Gloria Satterfield, the dead maid. Yeah. Uh. Um, and how he helped um, Alec Murdoch, the family. Uh, you know, get money uh, because of what happened to her. I mean, she's dead. I mean, so there's a trail of, mo- of, of bodies behind them and uh, this family, and all of that is going to come into play in the courtroom. They're going to be in a courtroom where, where Alec Murdaugh himself has tried cases. Yeah. Okay. And, and his, and was it his dad or his grandfather's portrait that had to be removed from his the grandfather. courtroom? His grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. So oil portrait hanging in the courtroom, and that is because that five-county area... The Murdoch family, um, you know, some member of it have served as solicitors, mm-hmm. i.e., you know, the prosecuting attorney, chief attorney, yeah. um, for, you know, uh, over 80 years. Yeah, decades. Yeah. Generations. So this is a downfall of a dynasty story. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, before all of this, Murdoch himself, he's a personal injury lawyer. He was in trouble for apparently the law firm. He, you know, had caught him siphoning money off poor clients. And, and what really happened here is the son gets drunk, right? He's going at high speed on the boat. Um, they're begging him not to. He runs into the bridge. Mallory Beach falls off. She dies. They find her body like a week later. And it's the civil case with the parents and, the, and then the pursuit of the charges against the son that causes Daddy Murdoch to have to reveal in court his finances and he's committed all of this, these financial crimes. He can't. So he's desperate. And the theory of the case, as the prosecution is going to present it, um, is that he was so desperate, he figured he would distract and, and gain sympathy by killing his wife and his son. That is what they're going to argue. We'll see if the jury buys it. Um, it what's really interesting is that so much of these weird, what seemingly are, are weird and, and outlandish circumstances are somewhat corroborated corroborated second and third hand i have a son-in-law who's from that area from mm-hmm. hampton and they've known about this family for a long time so when all this stuff started coming up they were like oh man i know this guy and you know i was told of certain dealings that his family has had with them at certain circumstances which i'm not going to go into but um it's just uh, uh there have been questions and concerns about the influence that this family has had down in that area for a long, long time. This is nothing. None of this is new. It's typical and, small town politics and and business. Yet they've gotten away with it yeah, for a yeah, long time. And right. um, Fox News and I wish I'd rolled tape on it because I have tried so many times since to find it. But Fox News had this great interview with the highway patrol trooper yeah. who was convinced yeah. um, that the the gay young man, openly gay young man, right. who Stephen Smith, who was supposedly hit by a car, had actually been murdered. Um, and that there were connections to the Murdoch family and that they had made it look like a hit and run. I, like, I don't know if any of that happened, but he said, listen, I wanted to pursue this investigation. There were re- pro- real problems with the scene um, that indicated that this, this guy was not hit by a car. 
Um, at least that wasn't his cause of death. And he said, I was blocked at every turn from investigating. So that is what has my interest, yeah. that someone can wield, that a family can wield that level of power that you can call off an investigation. I mean, that, that has to be influenced in multiple, multiple layers of yes. state law enforcement and, and government. But that's what they were saying on the Netflix one. I mean, and Lee, Netflix is going full blown with this. Oh, I mean, this is they are covering it as if it is one of their binge worthy episode yeah. series. Um, and it, so just I mean, the, the it, I would encourage people just to go watch it on Netflix. It's just cool because it's it's, you know, it's local, it's state um, and, the, and the way that they talk about it. But they were saying that the connections with the Murdoch family that allowed them to do all of this, these things from the financial crimes uh, to the other questionable situations was that their relationship with law enforcement was so deep and wide. They knew and had a relationship with every um, officer at the county level. They knew them personally. I want to point out one thing that has got me somewhat interested in here. Okay. In these horrific crimes that occur in South Carolina, many times you get politicians from both sides of the aisle making comments, statements, um, maybe even legislation. I mean, we look at the, the Charleston church shooter and there was immediately legislation proposed. And, you know, uh, you know, and obviously there was a state legislator that was involved in, in those deaths there uh, that was killed, uh, Pinckney. But this case, for the most part, seems to be radio silence from m- much of the political class in South Carolina. Now, I'm not implicating anybody. I'm not saying that. It's just it's just interesting to me how everyone's staying quiet about this. Yeah, and it's interesting to me what people covering this outside of South Carolina are interested in. Um, And that's in particular the the additional murders and how they all tie in and and all of that. I mean, that figures prominently in that coverage, whereas here they've been treated as sort of like sideshows. Yeah, they're individual cases, but yeah. Um, the, the the national and international media are glomming all that together into one package, which I, I understand. That makes it much more interesting um, for an outside audience that has no uh, skin in the game, so to speak, from a geographical or area code. This is going to be interesting, too, um, because I can tell you already the prosecution has screwed up bigly here. I'm not saying it's going to make a difference, but they have screwed up. Um, when, when, when you have blood spatter on a shirt and you get it tested— mm-hmm. It is, I just know this from covering this for you, it is, uh, you know, criminal law 101. You do not test the shirt to um, the extent that the the defense can't test it to. You have to allow them to have a, ha- a whack yeah, at it. Yeah, they have access I have to seen the evidence, yeah. whole cases thrown out yeah. for what the prosecution did here in South Carolina with this shirt, testing it in a way that um, there was nothing left for the defense to test. It was completely destroyed in the process. Um, again, I mean, there's a high-profile murder case in in North Carolina, thrown out off the off the out of the gate before the trial because the prosecution did exactly that. I covered it, and the guy got away with it. I mean, it was a brutal murder. Her blood was all over his truck. Um, it was very clear he did it, um, and that case was thrown out, and he got away with it. I mean, so the the, the prosecution at this point is lucky this case is still on track. Um, it, it, that was just a dumb thing to do. Let's hope they don't repeat that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It was on the news all day, every day, on a loop. Trump was a Russian stooge. Heck, even the former CIA director, John Brennan, said it must be true. There wasn't really any proof, but that was okay. They were going to get it. In fact, there wasn't any proof because Trump was stonewalling, you see. Obstruction of of justice, which makes him a criminal show. Um, Yeah, guilty. Well, the... Mueller investigation tried to find anything, email, meeting, snail mail, even a scent exchange between the Russians and Trump, a conversation, a phone call, anything. They couldn't find it. So they lied. The FBI lied. They made up a story that they actually got from Hillary Clinton that see the way that Trump was communicating with his Russian handlers was through Alphabet, right? And the server was talking to Trump Tower. This is a good story. Might have made a good binge-worthy network series. So they fed it to the news, and they fed it to the FISA court. And uh, they went and got warrants to surveil Trump. It was a lie. They knew it was a lie. FBI knew it was a lie. Hillary knew it was a lie when her campaign made it up. They all knew it was a lie. But to kept it going because it was a good party. Scared half the country near to death. I'm still convinced these elevated rates in Gen Z of mental illness, particular elevated rates among women of mental illness, 56% of women who self-identify as liberals say they have a mental illness. I think I'd be pretty whack too if I thought my president was controlled by Russia, although I'm handling it really well that my president is controlled by China, but whatever. I'm a paragon of sanity in an insane world. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. We finally found the Russia collusion. We found the connection. God, after all these years, all those Pulitzers, the Washington Post, New York Times never gave back because they repeated the FBI's lies, which were just Hillary Clinton campaign lies, about Trump collusion. And... Given the fact that last week the, Wa- the Washington Post finally admitted, you know, there really wasn't any interference in the 2016 election. Oh, did you catch that? After years of telling us there was, they're like, yeah, we thought today might have been interfering, but they just really weren't, a new study shows. Yeah, there were a couple of Russian bots, and they mostly made contact with a couple of uh, Trump voters who were hardcore, but they were going to vote for Trump anyway, so there was, there was really no interference. Uh, okay, you spent two years terrifying the nation. 
painting a picture of a president utterly controlled by Russia. But we finally found some collusion. Dollars and cents exchanged. Oh, good. Between Trump and an oligarch? No. <laughs> no. No. Between one of the FBI agents investigating 2016 supposed Russia collusion in the election, which again, the Washington Post told us last week didn't happen, so we're done with that. No, no, no. There was collusion, though, between Charles McGonagall, one of the FBI agents, very generously quoted in said publications, suggesting that there was Russia collusion with Trump. That guy. Yeah, he just went down. Headline, FBI agent charged with taking payments from Russian oligarch Oleg Derry Pasca. How could you even think as an FBI agent you can do? Well, I mean, I guess Democrats are in charge. You probably figure you can, and you probably figure as long as you're lying about Trump, uh, you're protected. You just do whatever you're accusing him of. Folks, are you enjoying the irony as much as I am? Because I'm having a heck of a time this morning enjoying this irony. We finally have a Russia connection. We finally found the money. It was going to the FBI. FBI agents. Okay, this isn't the only one. Remember what they did, how, because they needed to create a backstory, so what did they do? They went and got a Russian spy. Used him as a basis for the Steele dossier. So what do we have here? We have no collusion between Trump and Russia, ever. Not even one red cent they've ever found. Not one email, not one phone call, nothing. No back channels, no front channels, no round and round channels, nothing. But the FBI, there you go. There's, there's your collusion. There it is, right there. Guy telling us Russia interfered in our election. Big media get the time they like to quote him. Just went down for Russia collusion. God, you can't make this up. I mean, you just literally can't make this up. Can't make it up. Anyway, uh, this is a New York jury, and he's FBI, and he was anti-Trump. So I'm sure they'll give him some credit for that. So when grandmas take actually peaceful selfies at the Capitol on January 6th, we're told it's an insurrectional horror. The worst thing to happen to the country since Pearl Harbor. But when Democrat kids run around with Antifa, get assaulted. I mean, officers get assaulted. It's all cool. We're just supposed to understand and nobody's supposed to investigate. Tucker Carlson nailing this. Last night, these are these de- these Antifa that have begun to attack again their Democrat shock troops, and when you have a Democrat, not just an elected Democrat in Congress, but in leadership, she's the whip, Catherine Clark, her son, who she now calls her daughter. He he just transitioned, so he is they now. Uh, this is recent, so that's why the media was kind of confused about it in the beginning because the transition was so recent. So he's referring to she's referring to her son Jared as Riley because that's the new name of the son. Riley, Riley's daughter, wait, no, 
Catherine Clark's daughter, Riley, was arrested during the Antifa protest in Boston. Okay. So cops witnessed Riley spray painting all cops are bastards and no cop city on a monument. So when they tried to arrest Riley, the violent Antifa buddies surrounded the cop, uh, throwing things at him, he ended up bleeding. Bleeding. Okay. Now, if this was a Republican and these were grandmothers taking selfies, I mean, not being violent, just taking selfies, they would have to apologize. They'd probably have to resign if it was a family member. They'd definitely get an FBI investigation. I know, they would. Remember the head of the Freedom Caucus? The FBI walked up to him, took his phone. He's a Congress member. Just took his phone. We want to know if you had any contact with President Trump um, or anyone visiting the Capitol on January 6th, and they haven't given the phone back. That phone also contains all the legislative plans of the Freedom Caucus. They have them all now. All the back and forth with other Freedom Caucus members. Okay, so that's how you t- they treat you as a member of Congress. Um, if they even suspect you have even spoken with anyone who was at the Capitol physically. I don't mean inside it. I mean at the like in D.C. on January 6th, right? So what if your kid is involved in a violent assault on a cop as part of a domestic terror group? Well, is it a right-wing domestic terror? No? Okay, it's cool. No, it's fine. We got no issues. We don't want your phone. No, keep your phone. We we just, we just don't want that. We're fine. So this would have been a fine opportunity for the Democrats to finally condemn Antifa and their violent actions. Did she? No. This is the statement. Note the lack of condemnation. Last night, my daughter was arrested in Boston, Massachusetts. I love Riley. And this is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. This will be evaluated by the legal system, and I am confident in that process. Okay. A cop ended up bleeding. Do, do, do you care? You're the Democrat. Do you care? No? Condemnation of violence against said cop? Hmm. No. Condemnation of Antifa? No. Suggest that we all be civil? No. Apology to the family of the cop? No. Apology to the cop? No. Is anybody getting this here besides Tucker Carlson? So Catherine Clark's own son, Jared Dowell, was riding along with Antifa in Boston on Saturday night. He was vandalizing a monument on Boston Common when police tried to arrest him. Jared Dowell and other protesters then assaulted the police, causing the specific officer to bleed from the nose and mouth. Oh, that was her son. So Catherine Clark was forced to issue a statement about this, of course. By the way, stop talking about her personal life. If you knew what the personal lives of the people who run the Democratic Party are actually like, you would understand their politics much better. So Catherine Clark issues a statement and refers to her son as her, quote, daughter, huh, of course, and wrote that, quote, this is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. (laughs) It's just, you know, part of the cycle where your adult son pretends to be a woman and attacks police officers. Totally normal. It's just part of the the cycle of parenting. But what you have in effect here is the official endorsement of domestic terrorism from the highest level of the Democratic Party. And why wouldn't you? Again, this is their militia. These are their state-sanctioned shock troops, and they are effectively immune from criticism. So you go to jail for owning a 10-round magazine, but they get to do whatever they want. 
Pretty much. I mean, normally, I mean, just normal American basic manners, right? When, when your son, daughter, excuse me, they are involved. That's his, her pronoun now, they. When your daughter, Riley, they are involved in, in, in something that leads to a cop bleeding after you commit crimes. You wish the best to the cop. Hope they, you know, they're okay. Um, offer to pay medical bills. That'd be a good one. Um, condolences to the family. I mean, you know, anything we can do to help. No, there's none of that. Bleeding cop. Okay. That is what this said. That is what the statement says. Bleeding cop. Okay. This is where they are. And they're covering for him hard on CNN. Both of these Antifa rights. Listen to this. Okay. We literally have one shot cop, one bleeding cop, and it's always his property damage. The kids had the cops count his property. There's a real blurring of the lines. CNN, and, and, and the use of the word violence is property destruction violence. Um, to some people, it certainly is. Um, but, uh, you know, th- this idea that breaking windows or, or, or other acts of property destruction are the same as uh, actual violence against humans uh, is it, it, it's, it's kind of a dangerous and, and slippery concept. You keep using these words, violent, 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 um, and it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. <laughs> no, no, we, uh, we have shot officer, we have bleeding officer. Um, this is, no. So, first of all, they're lying. but They're CNN. We expect that. But this is the norm. They are going back to this, the normalization of this. And look where this is coming from. Let me tell you, because the left is together on this. They want to create a right to vandalize the property of those they disagree with. That This is what they're doing. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones. Remember this? T- uh, Summer Love, New York Times reporter explaining. Well, I'll let her tell you. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. Remember that? So this is CNN. This is New York Times. This is where they're going. Folks, when you see all of this de-policing, okay, this is what it's aimed at. This idea that criminals can come on your property. If you were the wrong people, you can call the police and the police do not come. It's just property. They're mad. They have a right to do it. That's what this is about. It's about empowering their shock troops. They get mad. Look, you better not say anything makes you mad. They might come on your property. You better not make you better not make them mad. It's just property. That's kind of intimidating when it burns. But it's just property. Folks, this is literally the philosophy the FBI is using in not investigating and not prosecuting people who are burning pregnancy crisis centers. Bizarrely. I don't know why you want to go after people who help poor pregnant women. But they do. Burning pregnancy crisis centers to the ground. This is, well, it's just property. Yeah, but people are afraid they'll be caught inside when it burns down. Well, they should get out faster.
All right, Donald Trump has put out a statement. I had to see what he had to say about this. After the FBI told the country on a loop and the head of the CIA that he was compromised, he was in league with the Russians, they could totally get you the proof if he'd just stop obstructing justice. Except it turned out he had no connections to the Russians. Then it turns out one of the lead agents on the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax actually was getting paid by the Russians. That's just come out in the Wall Street Journal this morning. He was indicted. So now we know where they get their source material for their lies. You just, folks, you can't make this. Just stuff, it just every day it writes itself. Trump put a statement out about it six hours ago. The FBI guy after me for the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. By the way, it's not just Trump's opinion. Now the Washington Post last week admitted it was a hoax. There really wasn't any interference with the election. <laughs> Sorry. Do we, do, do we spend two and a half years telling you there was? Yeah, we'll run just one article refuting that bury it somewhere and uh yeah the nation will go on being confused thinking they lived through an attempted russian coup folks it is amazing anybody believes this stuff anyway trump writes this after one of the lead agents the fbi agents on the russia 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 hoax since 2016 is caught taking russian bribes oh god you can't make this up the fbi guy after me trump writes for the russia 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 hoax long before my election as president, was just arrested for taking money from Russia, Russia, Russia. Trump writes, may he rot in hell. Folks, the world you live in is so fake. So very, very fake. And it's faked for you by the FBI. Who, I mean, you know, I say if you need source materials, like, okay, who am I taking bribes from? Okay, I'll say that guy over there. The Republicans taking bribes. The media totally believe it. They don't need any, uh, they don't need any proof. It's literally what they're doing. You cannot, but you can't make this up on a daily basis. Texture writes to the left, burn their property and see, see what happens. Oh, you can be, they're going to bury you under the prison. Do you realize what they're doing now? They're putting people, there are people in prison right now, January 6th. The FBI has gotten to the bottom of the barrel. People who never entered the Capitol have been arrested and imprisoned and are awaiting charges or awaiting adjudication of their charges. This is insane. Uh, Texter writes, I think it's time for a walk of shame for these Antifa members convicted of crimes and their enabling parents. Let's publish what they did on billboard have you heard this by the way the new york post called the wealthy parents of one of the wealthy antifa domestic terrorists that the fbi is absolutely not interested in i i just you gotta love this addy stagovich 20 this is one of these violent antifa rioters is a student at sarah lawrence college from great neck uh li who uh, according to police and her family the young activist lost her phone during the rowdy weekend protest and promptly, sorry, promptly called her mother, the New York Post reports, who, quote, made arrangements to replace the cell phone right away, her mom told the Post. Got to get back to the front lines, honey, the violence, the bombings. She hasn't been terribly in touch, her mom says. She's been off doing her own thing. That's Susan Jacobowitz, an English professor at Queensboro Community College, is who mom is. 
I kept thinking I would get a call from the hospital. She'd get arrested because it seems like it's just dangerous times right now. Well, yes, if you're an Antifa terrorist, it's, it, it does come with its own hazards. But don't worry, mommy will replace your cell phone for you if it gets busted. Then mom says, I kid you not, to the New York Post, at least she's not on Rikers. Before joining the protest, Sorogovich was an accomplished musician who spent time performing in local theater groups and at the Seacliff Yacht Club, according to the Great Neck Record, which photographed her during a 2017 show. So this is just what you're dealing with. She was also involved in July at Occupy City Hall, where she spent time fixing sandwiches and plastic bags of granola for breakfast. So she's an Antifa activist. So she only calls mommy when she needs a new cell phone or she gets arrested. And mom's fine with that. You know, it's just at least she's not in Rikers. These are the Democrats. Can you imagine if Republican family members said this, acted this way about people who were arrested for taking selfies at the Capitol on January 6th? Can you imagine? Oh, they'd be arrested for their comments. Aiding and abetting. Gonna have to take cell phones to who you've been in contact with. They did that to members of Congress. So, I mean, it's just, this is thought of as cute and sweet and really funny when they destroy things. It's just it's, it's just a lot of fun for everyone involved. It's great. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.